0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Surrey Pentecostal Assembly Teachings Podcast. This is where we share our teachings with you so that you can stay connected no matter where you are. We hope this helps you journey with Jesus so that you can grow to be more like Him. Thanks for tuning in.
1: Good to see you all out here this morning. Isn't it good to be able to worship God? I, I think that our part, this part of worship where we start with just honoring God in worship is so incredibly important. And I hope you don't just come to on a Sunday and just kind of observe, but to actually enter in. Because see, here's the thing. I believe as we enter, God, he equips, he does some incredible things. And uh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for what God is going to do this fall. There's a lot of good stuff coming up, and and we mentioned a little bit. Next week is exciting. We have the Ministry Expo, and uh, we are going to find out what God is doing in some different countries as well. So next week I've got a missionary that's going to be joining us from Israel. And he's going to talk to us what God is doing in Israel. And in two weeks from today, we're going to have our International Sunday, smaller scale. And we have some exciting things. We have our missionary. Our missionary. So we got a couple of missionaries coming. Our missionary coming from from, uh, Kenya. And we also have... A, a, uh, an African choir that's going to be joining us that Sunday, so you don't want to miss. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to that. And listen, we, I'm looking forward to the the fact that we are going into a new series. I'm excited about new series. You're excited about new, you're excited to be here this morning, right? Yeah. yeah, I'm excited to be here this morning. And you know what? I I uh, I was thinking, have you ever? You're running through a field, okay? Now stick with me here. You're running through a field, and as you're running, you look up ahead, and you see a pile of gold. And so what you do is you run to the gold, and you start stuffing it into your pockets, and it's weighing you down, and you're all excited as more gold is being put into your pockets, and then all of a sudden you go and you look, and the gold starts to disintegrate in your hands. It's turning to sand, and you're looking at it and you're going, no, and then you wake up. Yeah, anybody have a dream where you dreamt, it was so incredibly like, ah, and you're going, oh, man, why, did, why was it just a dream? Anybody have that? Well, I've, I've had it. Mostly it's not gold I'm stuffing into my pockets, but it's salmon. I mean, not really stuffing it, but, but dream of fishing. And you know what, yeah, dreams are good. Dreams are good. I think we should be dreaming. If you're not dreaming, I think there is a problem that we should be dreaming. But it's so much better when we can enjoy reality. Something very real that's tangible you can hang on to. And it doesn't sift through your sand or your fingers like sand. And we want to start by talking about something real. Love that is real. And we're going to be going into the book of First John in the next while. We're going to be walking through this. I encourage you to actually grab the Bible and to read it. How many of you know reading the Bible is a good idea? Yeah. How many of you know that if you can read ahead of time, you can actually get to answer some of the questions before we get there? Isn't that great? So, so prepare yourself. So we're going to go into the book of 1 John. And uh, and we're t- today we're going to talk about what? It's real. 1 John 1, verses 1 to 4. Um, and, you know, I, I, I just want to say before we get there um, that, the, First John talks about the test of reality in the Christian life, the test of reality and it was written by a very impressive young man. Does anybody know who? Trick question. Anybody know who wrote the book of First John? Yeah. Wow, good, good. If you didn't know that, well, now you do. It was written by a guy by the name of John. Go figure, First John, John. So let me tell you about this guy for a second. This guy was one of the apostles and he was he was the the brother of a guy by the name of james okay james and john they were pretty close to jesus they spent a lot of time with him and uh the crazy thing about these brothers is they were known as sons of thunder sons of thunder and you you scratch your head and go what in the world does that mean it means that these guys had a pretty vivid temper and so i'll give you an example so they're going through a town one time, and they, they run into these guys that people absolutely do not like called Samaritans. They were that, Ugh, of, um, like the worst thing you could say to a person, the worst the worst curse word is say, you're, a, you're such a Samaritan. Man, those are spiting words. And so they're walking through town, and these, they see these Samaritans, and and these Samaritans don't want anything to do with Jesus, and John and James are... They're, they are ticked. And they say, you know what? The best thing to do as good apostles and good believers and good followers of Jesus is to call down fire. Burn them up, Lord. <laughs> yeah, right? Nice, nice. Eh? And, and Jesus gives them a verbal slap and tells them, yeah, we're not going there. But they were known as the sons of fu- thunder. And in, something happens to John. And and he becomes very very close to Jesus through the course of time, and uh, he then begins to develop this relationship with the King of the Universe. So so what we want to do is we want to look at the first four verses of First John chapter one, verses one to four. So why don't we stand for the reading of God's Word here this morning? First John chapter one, verses one to four. By the way, it's really good if you do have your Bibles, because I am going to encourage you to underline, circle. Like, bring your Bibles. If you don't have a Bible, we will get you one. I promise you. We'll get you a very nice Bible. Just come talk to me, but it's good to have your Bibles. 1 John 1 says this. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testified to it. And we proclaim to you the internal life which is with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you that which we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this this, to make our joy complete. Father, again, we thank you so much that your, your word is relevant to us right here, right now. And as we look into this portion here this morning, as we take time to, to ask you to reveal yourself to us through this portion, I pray, Spirit of God, you would do something that no man could do, that you would meet us and you would do an incredible work in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. So so what's this life like? What's this all about? What can we learn? What is John really talking about in this portion of scripture? Well, he starts by talking about life that is revealed. He says, that which was from the beginning, which we've heard, seen, and our hands have touched. I kind of like this. Because I'm thinking back there in that time, there would have been like Sunday school. Well, maybe it wasn't Sunday school. Maybe it was Rabbi School 101. And so they're sitting in their classrooms, and they're talking about something that happened way back in the beginning in the Garden of Eden. And they're talking about about this man and this woman named Adam and just making sure you're still with me, Adam and Eve, and, and they walk with God, and they have, this, they have this relationship with God, and I'm thinking that at the beginning, when Adam and Eve were walking with, uh, with God in that garden, that would have been really cool. How many of you would like to walk with God and have a discussion with God? I mean, that would be really cool, and I'm thinking they talk together, they laugh together. Maybe they talked about some of the animals that God had created. And I'm thinking Adam may have said to God, "God, you know I get it. I get the importance of but but but, but why would you why would you make this monkey? Like like like, like it, it it doesn't make sense to pre- it's called a pre- preposterous monkey. It looks like somebody gave him a good punch in the nose. Or or maybe maybe he, Adam was saying, "God, I don't understand this star-nosed mole. Like it doesn't make any sense that you would or or God, what 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 about this fish?" The blobfish. I mean, what were you thinking, God? Right? Or, or maybe, maybe God, maybe you ran out of ideas when you made this. The, the platypus. I mean, the platypus, it, it just, it, he's got, maybe you saw the duck and you saw a mole and you thought these the extra pieces. Let's just put it together. I don't know. I'm sure that Adam and, and Eve were having this discussion with God, and maybe they said, God, you know, there's one thing about this stuff, but why would you make some of the scary animals? Why would you make the, the white-shouldered bat? Can you imagine if this thing came flying at you at night? How many of you would run for the, your life? Let's be honest. Okay. Or, or, God, what about this goblin shark? Like, I don't understand. And, and really, God, I mean, the tapeworm. Like, what's the, what's the reason for, for the, making the tapeworm? Like, like, these things can grow up to 20 feet long. Like, is there a reason? So I'm thinking, I'm thinking that, that Adam and Eve, when they were talking with God, they had some good laughs. And, you know, it's one thing to, uh, to, to hear about God and hear maybe in a classroom about what God did and, and how God moved, I think my battery. It's one. Th- Whoa! It's one thing to hear about God and how God moves. It's totally another thing to experience Him on a regular basis. And and this is what John's talking about. He's saying, "Listen, let me. T- um, let, let's get rid of that picture. Let let, let me talk to you about." god as being revealed in jesus as the word and 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 what he does he talks about something that he mentioned in john chapter 1 verse 1 where it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was and the word was can you imagine just for a second you have a little bit little baby okay you had a little bit little baby and you look at it and say okay what am i going to name this child and the first thing that comes to your mind is, I'm going to name him Word. Like, you're sitting there, I mean, that, does that make sense? Why would God look at the Son and call him Word? Well, you know, I, I can tell you this. The best way you and I communicate is through What? Words, right? We communicate through words. It reveals our thoughts. It reveals our heart. It reveals our mind in, to those that are around us. And God revealed to us his heart, his, his mind, his thoughts by not just a written word which you have before you, but with the person of Jesus. You want to know who God is and what God is like? Hey, listen, all you got to do is look at Jesus and get to know him he he became the medium to for us to understand who god is in a better way he demonstrates the heart and the thoughts of god and that's why you know i i think that we don't give jesus enough credit you know i i honestly think we need to really really spend time getting to know jesus so we can un- uh, really truly appreciate what the heart of god is like god called or paul called John, my goodness, John calls him the word of life. Secondly, he is life eternal. It's interesting. Uh, John chapter 8, verse 58 says. Before Abraham was born, I am. He's saying that, that Jesus was saying that before time even began, before anything, there was Jesus. He was there in the very, very beginning. The one that existed through all eternity is the one who says in John chapter 11, verse 25, he says, I am the resurrection and the what? And the life. He who believes uh, in me will... Come on, every, even though he dies, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. You know what? We have hope for eternal life. We this 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 thing that we are existing in right now is so temporary. But true life, true energy, true joy, true focus, true, true future is found in a life of Jesus. Let's go back to 1 John chapter 1 verse 4. It says, in him was life, and that life was a light of man. I read a book by, uh, by uh, Timothy Keller. It was called Encounters with Jesus. I, I, I so encourage you to read it if you, if you like to read it. He says something very interesting in the book. He says this, He says, the Bible goes on to insist that the meaning of life is not a principle or some abstract rational structure, but a person. A person to be encountered in a relationship that could be available to anyone, anywhere, from any background. See, here's the thing. People are trying to find purpose, trying to find meaning, trying to find direction, trying to figure out this, what am I going to do with this life? And they are, are looking all over the place. And sometimes as believers, we are trying to figure it out. And instead of looking at places and, and structures and principles, we got to look at a person. We got to look at Jesus because I, I tell you, if you have Christ in your life, if you are saying, Jesus, I need to know you, I, t- I, I promise you this. You can go to bank with this. I promise you that if you are seeking Jesus, he's going to bring fulfillment. He's going to bring fulfillment. So can I encourage you? I encourage you, look for this life. So life, we, we, we talked about this, that, that it's found in a person. Let's talk about life experience. It says in verse 2, the life appeared. We have seen it and testified to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. I said it already. Uh, you know from reading this verse that John has a very personal relationship with Jesus. He said, look, I've experienced him. Uh, uh, John was, he ru- literally rubbed shoulders with Jesus. John probably probably, uh, uh, grabbed Jesus and gave him a good hug. By the way, hugs are godly. You should be doing lots of them. And he, John probably spent time and, and shared food with Jesus. We know all this stuff. And, you know, you look at it and go, yeah, that's really good, John. I mean, you were there with Jesus. But that, that's 2,000 years ago. I'm 2,000 years too late to have an, an experience with Jesus. And see, that's where you're wrong. You know, it's interesting that when you look at the apostles who sat with Jesus, who ate with Jesus, who, who, who watched the miracles, every single one of them, well, there's a couple that didn't, but every one of them fled like, like, like scared rabbits when Jesus was arrested. They all, they, they, they didn't stick with him, and they really didn't believe in him fully until after the resurrection, after that, he had ascended. See, here's the here's the point: you and I can have an powerful encounter with the living Jesus today, even though he may not be standing with you physically. You can have an powerful encounter with the living Jesus today when you are willing to say, "God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to I'm going to I want to spiritually encounter you." But see, unfortunately. What happens so many times if people don't have a, 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 a physical manifestation and, and, and they, they, they have an experience and they say, well, you know what, it could be just, could be just shrugged off like Scrooge. Remember Scrooge? Remember Scrooge? I, I, it's one of my favorite Christmas, Christmas stories. Uh, and he ha- encounters the, the, the ghost of Jacob Marley and he says, you may be in an undigested bit of beef, a piece of cheese a fragment of an underdone potato. There's more of gravy than of grave about you, whatever you are. Sometimes people, they look at at experiences and they say, ah, you know what? They just shrug it off. And sometimes even as believers, we shrug off God working in our lives and we equate it to something, something that uh, makes no sense really. Folks, God wants to be involved in your life he wants to reveal himself, and he may not always reveal it physically, but he does sometimes. You know, one of the things I am I'm so encouraged about is how God is moving in places in this world that uh, I personally, okay, I'm going to be honest, personally I think, man, that would be the last place I expect God to move, right? Some of the places that are so antagonists against the gospel but God is moving let me show you an example
0: Islam is the final frontier for the church 1.5 billion Muslims desperately need to hear about saving faith in Jesus there's a revival happening there's a great harvest among Muslims as they're beginning to be open to Jesus through dreams and visions about a man in a white robe they have seen a man in a white robe, his face is glowing, He's, uh, like there's gold coming out from him or you know like gold shining coming around him. A lot of times they don't see or they don't say we've seen a face but we saw a figure and uh, he came to us and he, he, for example one woman would say uh, he, he told me that he loves me and he cares for me. I saw a dream and I saw in my dream, I saw Jesus was a bridge, I decided to him. In the church, if you ask how many people, how people came to Christ, 80% will say they saw him in a dream. Most Muslims believe that we worship three gods as Christians, and the Bible is corrupted. But when they have a powerful dream about Jesus, all those preconceived notions go away, and they're on a search to find the Savior.
1: All the women were sitting there just praying and crying out with tears in their eyes to Allah, asking, praying for God to forgive them, Allah to forgive them, Allah to have mercy over their family loved ones that have died and praying that
0: Allah will grant them life with him, But they have no hope without Jesus. More Muslims have come to faith in Christ in the last 10 years than in the last 14 centuries of Islam. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions. And also on my manservants and on my maidservants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Would you pray, as believers in the West, for Muslims around the world to have powerful encounters with Jesus as Savior, dreams, visions, that a Bible would get to them, that a missionary would get to them. They're open. The time is now in the midst of this revolution in the Arab world. They're open. They're ready. The harvest has begun. Pray for Muslims to come to faith in Jesus.
1: Jesus, I thank you that you are doing miracles and healings in the Muslim world. Amen. Amen. You know, I I I do want you to pray for the, the Muslim world. Let's not forget them and our prayers and the Christians that are there. I had a I had a meeting last week with, with someone. We talked about what God is doing in some of the Muslim countries, and it is unprecedented. Did you hear what she said? 80% of people that are in the churches have had a dream or a vision of Jesus. And she said that there are, in the last 10 years, more Muslims have come to faith than in the last 14 centuries. God is doing a... And incredible thing and you know why it's because they are searching they are looking for truth they are looking for 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 someone or something to minister to them and jesus is saying you know what you may not have the bible but you have me and they begin and begins to show himself folks we should have that same passion that same desire. Jesus, show yourself to us. Show yourself to me. Help me to have that life-giving experience from you today. And I, I, I believe it with all my heart. Man, if we would have that, that cry, that desire, this, this place would be so packed. I honestly believe that. And it's not about this place being packed, but it's about you being packed with the empowerment and the power of God. Here's what what John says the life appeared and we have seen it and we have testified to it. God wants to bring life. He wants to bring changes into our lives and to the lives around us. Are we praying for that? Are we believing for that? See, then it, it, if that's the case, life has to be shared. He says, we proclaim to you that which we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us and our fellowship is with, also with the Father. We proclaim what we have seen and heard. I don't know uh, if you've ever seen a, an accident on the side of the road. Gawker's Lane drives me crazy. Am I alone in this? You know, what I mean by Gawker's Lane is you're driving down the highway and everybody slows down because there's an accident, right? And they all are looky-loos, looking to see, and they, we, we all do it. Come on. You all look why we look because we we, we want to see what happened and then we want to tell people. Right? Am I wrong? Yeah, we do, right? We do. We or we we you you spend like $500 or more some people. I don't understand that to go see your favorite group in in, uh, on, in concert. I'm thinking anything over $100 is too much. But anyways, you spend all of this money to see your favorite band perform at Rogers Arena. And you could see it on TV. You can go, you can go download their, their, their whole concert and watch it on your 900 square foot TV, whatever you got there. That You could do it, but you go and spend the money. Why? Because you want the experience and then you want to share it. Am I right? For those that uh, enjoy, see, I, I think we need to have that same desire to share that w- the word and the truth of God. As Jojo said last week, that sh- same desire to share what God is doing in our lives to, so that we, 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 we are sharing it with those that need to hear it. Is God doing something in your life? Is he do- has he done something in your life this week? I guess it all boils down to Are we experiencing Jesus? Are we spending time with Him? Why? How can this make a difference when we when we uh, experience Christ? It can make a difference in fellowship. He says, "So that you may have fellowship with us." Now, when I think about fellowship, maybe your mind goes to this—you know, to to uh, to Gandor and Hobbit standing together, fellowship of the ring. What does fellowship mean? Fellowship means to have something in common. It means to, that, that both you and I have something that we can share together. And as believers, man, we have so much we can share. Like, come on. We've got so much in common. We've got more in common than we have not. You know, we, I, I don't like sitting down with somebody that, uh, that has nothing in common with me. I sit down with somebody and I say, man, I just had such a great time fishing. And they're like, fishing? <laughs> or, or Or, you know, um, what about them Canucks? Yeah, I don't really like hockey. Well, I don't know if I think much of Canucks anyways. But, but it, it's hard when you don't have something in common. Can you imagine if as believers we were to sit down and we would talk about Jesus <laughs> and talk about the stuff that is really meaningful, what Christ has done in our lives. Fellowship, it means to have in common. And I hope that you are talking about the most important thing that you have in common, and that is Jesus. It, it comes to us, this, joy, this, this, this life comes to us and brings us joy. It says in verse 4, it's, uh, back to verse 4, He says, we write this to make our joy complete. What is Joy. Joy is a positive attitude or pleasant emotion. It is being filled with delight. Hey, listen, joy is not based on circumstances. It's based on a relationship. Someone said biblical joy is choosing to respond to external circumstances with inner contentment and satisfaction because we know that God will use his experiences to accomplish his work in us and through our lives. God wants to bring you joy. And I'm wondering, are you praying for that in your life? I think way too many times, we as believers, we walk with our head held down, and we're kind of, uh, we're Eeyores. I don't like being around an Eeyore. You know what I'm talking, Winnie the Pooh people, you understand. Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh, he's, uh, go look it up when you get home. But, you know, I, life is bad, I can't understand why everything is going wrong. Like, we have this, this like, like, I don't want to be around anybody like that. I don't think even Jesus wants to be around you. When we do that, we should be filled with joy. How does that come? It comes by saying, Christ, would you fill me with your joy? Asking for it and, and, and just dwelling in his presence so that you can have that joy. Can I call the band up here? See, the last thing I want to say is we can have this experience and we can have victory. He says in chapter 2, and and I'm going to talk about this more at, at our the next time I speak, it says, I write this to you so that you will not sin. God wants you to have victory. He wants you to have victory. He doesn't want you to be defeated. He doesn't want you to go walk around again with your head held low, but to have strength and power and authority even over those very difficult times. And I'm going to talk about that the next time we, we go back to 1 John. But can I end with this? God wants to give you something real here today. And I don't know where you're at. Maybe you've been a believer for a very long time. Can I encourage you? If you've been in the church, you've been a believer for many, many years, God still wants to give you more. (laughs) He still wants to enrich you with more. Maybe you're in your journey, and and you've been a a believer for a while, and, and life has got these ups and downs, and you've got questions. Can I encourage you? Grab onto what's real. Don't don't lose sight of of the stuff by looking at the stuff around you that tries to discourage you. Hang on to Jesus. And if you're very new in your faith, and maybe you've not even made a commitment to Jesus, can I tell you, there is nothing more empowering and encouraging than a relationship with Jesus. Nothing. It's going to be tough. But the hard things are the best things. They're the ones that strengthen us. So Father, I pray for your people here this morning, wherever they are, whatever stage they are at in their lives. Father, I pray that we wouldn't hang on to things that just disintegrate and that kind of sift, fall through our fingers and it's gone, but we would hang on to what is real, and that is that living, wonderful relationship with our Savior, Jesus and with your heads bowed right now, if you do not have that relationship with Jesus this morning, I just want to pray for you. I want to pray that God will help you to experience him today. Can I pray for you? Can you just put up your hand and say, Ma'am, I don't have that relationship with Jesus, or it's just not where it should be. Can I pray for you? If you put up your hand real quick. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Thank you. You know what i want to i want to champion those hands god it sees those hands more than i do (laughs) and i'm going to pray for you and i encourage you to silently pray after me dear jesus i thank you that you love me lord i've done a lot of bad things i've sinned against you but I thank you that you died on the cross to take those sins away. I pray for forgiveness. I pray for cleansing. I pray that you would accept me into your family. I commit my life to you now and I commit to following you all the days of my life. And Lord, I thank you for for those hands and for others that, that may be going through challenges here today. They just need your strength to make it from day to day. Lord, empower them, encourage them, renew them, strengthen them. Help each one of us to find joy, to find hope, to find peace, to find a future in you, Lord Jesus. So we surrender to you this morning. We commit ourselves to you this morning. And we ask, Lord, help us to walk out our faith to walk in a way that honors you, to live in a way that honors you—not just today, but as we, as the kids go back to school this this week, Lord, as we go back to work and all the different places we find ourselves, help us to live out our faith in the most beautiful way possible. In your name, Amen. Amen. That's-